Please do the honors. All right, everybody. I want a huge round of applause for the icon of independent cinema, the Sultan of Schlock, the Sensei of science fiction, Troma's Lloyd Kaufman, and the Troma's Antoxie! Give it up! Anybody watch the Toxic Crusaders? There's a character called Bonehead. Right? Yep. 20 years ago, Bonehead. I'm going to sue this man. Who <laughs> created I call no your bonehead is better. <laughs> Toys R Us kicked out our bonehead. I actually had the figure. I, I, my, my my mom threw it away. I've never been mad at it. Yeah. So we're going to just start with a few questions, and then we're going to turn it over to you all in a second. So Chad, do you want the honors because you do have the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> well, thank you, Chad, and thank you, Joe Lewis, and, and thank you, Scarefest, for allowing Troma to have a good time and. Uh, May I introduce Athena, Katarina, uh, independent uh, movie and star, and also the beautiful Jessa, who stars uh, recently in a movie which against it's against hunting, Curse of the Were Deer, and you will not believe just some unbelievable, <laughs> wonderful anti-hunting trauma movie. Curse of the Were Deer. Where did the, where did the idea come from? Uh, well, Ben Johnson, who was the, uh, the director, and Jimmy uh, uh, Adams, uh, they, Jimmy wrote it, uh, Ben, they all worked on, on Hashtag Troma Shitstorm, yeah. which will be shown tonight around midnight, right? It's a right at midnight, Hashtag Troma Shitstorm is going to be at Lex Live. You guys ready? There would not be a better midnight movie playing in Lexington, Kentucky tonight. I guarantee it. Thank you, Joe Lewis. Uh, it, uh, where is this thing going to be shown? Oh, Lexbox. Okay. We'll have a, where after we're done, we'll have a shot of bourbon and I'll show you. Oh, great. Maker's <laughs> Mark. I, I moved to Maker's Mark because of uh, Lemmy, who was in a number of our movies, and he and I spent a fair amount of time together. So I, out, of, out of memory to Lemmy, I uh, was very sad when he died. I switched from, uh, from the cheapest bourbon to Maker's Mark <laughs> to honor Lemmy. Speaking of Lemmy, why don't we just talk, go right off to that. How did you get Lemmy to be the storyteller for Tromeo and Juliet? Lemmy was a big fan. He just showed up one day in our offices. Uh, we had an office at a, uh, the American Film Market. The American Film Market is a, uh, a, a market out in L.A. Uh, where the independent distributors from all over the world come. Yeah. And we take, bo we take uh, booths, uh, offices in the hotel bedrooms. The, the furniture gets moved out and, and we move offices in. And one day, Lemmy appeared. <laughs> he just showed and up. And he's a big fan of uh, those fucking people walking out on a legend. Look at them walking out on a legend. Fucking people. God damn. Not only that, you know, in New York, we don't do that. We push you into the subway. I don't let people walk out of me. Anyway, sorry about that. No, no, no. No, Lemmy was the best. He was, was absolutely lovely. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, that's okay. Sorry. Shakespeare used that word. And if you want to read The Tempest, uh, or see The Tempest, hashtag Shakespeare's shitstorm is our trauma reimagining of uh, The Tempest, which is my favorite Shakespearean uh, play. Yeah, me and, Jay, uh, me and uh, the other bonehead James were talking about when you were maybe going to do Titus Andronicus. Yeah, like, uh, what's your name? It did, uh, you can't do better than... Uh, the one with Anthony Hopkins. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you couldn't do better. And what's her name, the director? I am blanking. Oh, she's great. James, she's you remember the director? She didn't do a good job with the... Uh, she did one that she did at Tempest, but it wasn't good. No. Yeah. No good. Prospero was uh, wrong. Very yeah. wrong. 
too attractive. <laughs> well, really quick, while we've got the ladies up here, I'm kind of curious, how did you get involved in all this? A good question. Yeah. Now, that we've got microphones right down here for them. You can have this one or that one. Either, they both work. You okay, Tapsy? Here, okay. take the damn thing off. There we go. There we go. That's there better. you go, man. It's the most dress you've had. Um, well, my name's Athena, and I've actually been in the, in the underground indie horror scene for over 20 years. And I've been following trauma for even longer than that, of course. I'm not going to give away my actual age or anything. But, um. <laughs> you don't look a day over 25. Thank you, thank you. You're but, welcome. Um, no, it just so happened that um, I fell kind of into being a Tromet and getting to work with this legend. And I've uh, been doing it for several years now, and they keep asking me to come back. So I keep showing up. Why do you keep asking her to come back? She's a good friend, and she loves independent art, and uh, Athena uh, gets it. She gets it. She's, she's not an idiot who uh, watches uh, Tom Cruise in that stupid airplane movie. Right? She, she gets what we do. She gets it. Not too many people get it, as you can see, right? you got to be fairly smart to know a trauma movie. Hashtag Shakespeare Shitstorm. You know, you guys may know it, but I have a feeling uh, a lot of people won't get it. They won't get it. No matter how many times they say it. Take them, it'll take them 30 years. They're remaking the Toxic Avenger. Yeah, it took yeah. 40 years for them to wake up. Kevin and, Bacon uh, and Peter Dinklage. Uh, well, other stars, a whole yes. bunch of them. I'm not supposed to talk about it because the Hollywood industry is so corrupt and so disgusting. They make people sign NDAs, non uh, D, what do you call it? Non disclosure I worked on Rocky, Saturday Night Fever, Toxic Avenger. I worked on everything. 50 years I never signed an NDA. It shows you the scum that's taken over our industry. Well, scum. I'll just, I will scum just, of the earth. I will just Watch Troma Now, Troma Now. Go stream Troma Now and you'll see some really interesting, intelligent movies. Before we get to Troma Now, I want to introduce our other Tromet, though. We've got one more. How did you get into this shitstorm, if you will? My name is Jessica Lux, and I've been a really huge fan of Troma since I was in high school. I dated a guy that became obsessed with Troma movies, and he wanted to be a filmmaker, and he never made it. He still lives with his parents, but um, I've been making movies for the last several years. I've been in 22 independent horror movies now, and I was just in The Curse of the Were-Deer, and that's how I got this opportunity, because Ben hit me up and asked me if I wanted to be a super Troma today. At so that's how I'm, that's how I'm here. Right. Also, Casper is here, but she's giving an interview to, uh, what was it, number channel 27, KC? WKYC. She's uh, doing that right now. Which reminds me, uh, I got to get to a convenience store. I got to buy some KY. Where, where's it? Where's convenience? Oh, sorry. Open. Oi. Hot mic. Hot, hot mic. Sorry. Is so you're talking about maps of our state, right? That's what you're talking about? Maps? <laughs> yes, of course. I went to Yale. I'm very intelligent. <laughs> I've been here. Yes. Yes. I came in third in the 1942 Kentucky Derby. <laughs> I love Louis Louisville is beautiful. No joke. At least to a New Yorker, it's really charming and beautiful. And, and the citizens are so polite. And, yeah. And they get the trauma movies. They don't get the movies in New York. They don't understand them. They understand them here, which is pretty exciting. That's awesome. The New York Times gave it a decent review, but uh, most people don't. don't they, they're afraid. They get confused by all the sex and violence and uh, 
singing and dancing. Do you guys get confused by sex and violence? Well, the critics and the... Very good music, very good. We have an orchestral score. Uh, it's a serious movie. And if there are any professors in the audience, uh, I think you'd get a kick out of it. What? Well, we have the interpretive dancing, too, in yeah. Hashtag Shakespeare Shakespeare. Yeah. So I hope you all like it. And thank you. A great job in uh, Curse of the Were-Deer, coming soon from Troma. All right, but yeah, for the other two, for our Tromettes, have you guys been to uh, Lexington, Kentucky before, or anything? Well, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. So that's a big fat yes. So I come to Lexington for, I like a lot of metal, like metal and stuff, like death metal and stuff like that. So I actually come to Lexington often for like metal shows and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, I moved to Louisville about 10 or 11 years ago, and Lexington just being an hour away, it's, you know, cool. it's a nice commute. So. I'm basically from Kentucky. I'm from Evansville, Indiana. I've filmed a few movies actually in Lexington, and I think it's a wonderful city. It's like somewhere between Evansville and Louisville. <laughs> it's like the perfect size city. Uh, it's a lot of fun here. Everybody's really cool. All right, Lloyd, I know Chad has to ask this question because do you want to talk about Rocky and some of the things you're mentioning about shooting them? And, and I don't think I don't think you get credit. It just it's one of those pisser things that you never get credit yeah, for. So yeah. yeah, if you don't know, Trovo and Floyd can talk about it, was actually significantly involved in the shooting of Rocky. And I was kind of curious, was it with your work with John Avildsen on, Avildsen on uh, Cry Uncle? Or what, what got you involved in that? Cry Uncle is a brilliant movie. Uh, Avildsen made a piece of, of garbage into a, a, a gem. It's a <laughs> hilarious satire of French uh, film noir, uh, Cry Uncle. You know, there used to be movies like Cry Terror and Cry This. And, uh, it's wonderful. It's on Troma now, too. It's hilarious. And uh, it, it came out as an X-rated movie, uh, and it's Paul Sorvino's first movie and right. some other people you recognize. I'm in it, too, actually. Yes. Uh, a, a hippie, a drug addict or something. It, think, uh, LSD, think, LSD. I think it as hippie one or hippie two. Yeah, I think I was hippie two. Yeah. Anyway, it, it's wonderful. And then uh, uh, Joe, uh, which is Saran Susan Sarandon and Peter Boyle's first movie, was yeah. another movie that John Avelson made uh, coal into a diamond. So I kind of, uh, uh, you know, attached myself to him. And when he was trying to get work, I'd do stuff for free for him. Like I even babysitted, babysat his uh, two little kitties, who are now about 80. But um, and then I got the job. I, I got to be production manager on Cry Uncle. And I raised some money for that. So I learned, the in I learned how to produce a movie with a union, all that stuff and how to cheat the unions, you know, all the stuff you have to yeah. do. Uh, try to fuck SAG, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> I was up on the screen at just Gil Bullen board. Troma and uh, we were up so many times. But Rocky, the thing about Rocky is the Troma team, non-union, we filmed all that stuff in uh, Philadelphia with our crew uh, and, and the Cry Uncle crew from, uh, uh, that John liked. Yeah. And they all, the uh, Stallone, and the stars came to Philadelphia, and we produced all that footage, all the iconic footage of running up the steps of the museum and fruit market. I had to get all those things signed up for nothing. And then uh, the way we shot it was like a, a low-budget movie. You can see, uh, if you get the Rocky, you can find my home movies. And my uh, Avelson and I put together a uh, behind-the-scenes, about 15 minutes. Because I shot Super 8. Oh, thank you. Very much. Sorry. I'm trying to get 
time. I'm back in the celluloid age. I don't know any of this stuff. <laughs> so uh, it's there. It's 15 minutes of history behind the scenes of one of the greatest films ever made, Rocky. That's awesome. And uh, Stallone's been a good guy. Uh, he let us use footage. Uh, we have a bust. We have a movie by uh, called Milk and Honey. I think it's with uh, one of the comedians. It's public domain. Uh, it's either Keaton or I can't remember who's in it. But uh, Avelson, it's about boxing, boxing. And Avelson gave me some of the rehearsal footage uh, of Stallone and, uh, what's his name? Uh, who's the guy against Stallone? Carl Weathers. Uh, oh, Carl yeah, Carl Weathers, uh, uh, literally planning the uh, ballet. It was a ballet, they choreographed everything. Yeah. And it's on my, uh, it's on the DVD of, 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 uh, <laughs> of that to comedian, the Milk and Honey. I think it's maybe, I can't remember, you can Google it, Milk yeah, and Honey. It's one of the great uh, comedians. It uh, would have been lost if we didn't uh, buy the negative from a, a, a collector who, who was getting old. So Troma has about 300 public domain negatives. We've put a lot of them out on DVD. Uh, unfortunately, they, we lost money, and we don't have any money now, so we can't put any more out. But it's a wonderful collection, and a few of them, we have the best negative of White Zombie, we have uh, the best negatives of two or three others, and they are on uh, Troma now. Well, I was going to say, because Troma has a great history of acquiring pictures from other creators and re-releasing them under the Troma brand, like, for example, Frankenhooker, Blade, Chopper Chicks in Zombie Town, Lolly Love, which is actually James Gunn and Jenna Fisher. One of, uh, Jenna Fisher actually wrote and directed so if you're a fan of Jenna Fisher in the office, highly recommend checking out... Is that where Jenna and Jen met? Because they were married, right? Uh, no, no, uh, they met uh, back in St. Louis. I think yeah. they knew each other in high school. Yeah, Lolly Love. Love is produced is uh, you can pick by it through Troma now. So I was just kind of curious as a Lolly Love is very good. It's very charming, uh, very and Jenna directed it, and it's not disgusting. But I did do a good interview. She does a great interview uh, in on the DVD. Uh, it's terrific. Where That's she's, awesome. You can see how smart and charming she is. So, you, so as a result, you've exposed modern audiences to pictures that have been lost to time in a lot of ways. Well, those uh, negatives, you know, Buster Keaton's movies would have been lost to us. MGM wasn't saving them, and Raymond Rohauer, basically a pirate, uh, 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 had collections of them. He took Buster Keaton to Europe, and it, it became a sensation again. Uh, so these negatives we have, uh, we don't, we're losing money on them. But Jesus, you know, you, I, we know that Martin Scorsese is saving uh, uh, the, the movie about uh, the desert. And uh, we know that, uh, you know, these yeah, big, big, big movies, David Lean and all that. But yeah. nobody's saving these little movies by important directors, very important directors. So, I mean, are you right? doing that? Joseph H. Lewis, uh, those of you who have a bit of history, uh, his first movie is with Bella Lugosi. It's one of those that are uh, in the uh, uh, Rowan, Rowan collection. Oh, wow. uh, you can get them if you want. They're really cheap on uh, uh, TraumaDirect.com. That's our uh, store, our uh, yeah. online store. So, I mean, are you doing this mainly out of a love for, uh, out of a love for just plain film? Well, that was done out of stupidity. But, <laughs> but we thought, may, uh, you know, it was a love of film. And yeah. The guy was going to die, and uh, uh, nobody else was going to buy it. And uh, we, we've lost it. We've, we paid too much, but I, ultimately it's going to be great. So they're streaming all over the place, so somebody may wake up. And maybe uh, what's the criterion? Yeah, maybe they'll uh, do something with them. They're the best negatives, period. 
So let's talk about trauma now. And speaking of periods, uh, speaking of periods, have you seen Terra Firma? Eli Roth. Pretty good uh, yeah. stuff in there. Yeah. So talk a little bit about Troma now. So it's available on most streaming services, correct? We've got it on yes, Roku, Jeff. Apple, Google, and it's only four ninety nine a month. And you have access to what? Well, first of all, the first month, Joe, is is uh, free. For, oh, uh, free. It's free. No, don't do that. They're going someone's eye. Yeah, uh, we can pass them out, or you can just take them. Um, don't don't throw them. Thank you. The uh, first, first month is free, so you can, there's probably a thousand movies, shorts, documentaries. We're, we're putting up the entire uh, studio, uh, 50 years. Uh, and we started about 15 years ago. So it's growing, and uh, we've got a good su subscriber base, and the people like it. Nobody leaves, but it's very small. We don't advertise, we don't have, like Tesla, we don't have enough money to advertise. So um, <laughs> he reads the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> Or you watch CNBC, one of the things. Right, yeah. uh, uh, so, so it's a, it's basically uh, uh, our only hint of uh, any revenue, really, when you come right down to it. Yeah. So, uh, and it's it's couldn't be better. It's great, terrific. Everything's there. Children's movies, cartoons. What more do you want? Yeah, and I know Chad can talk about the cartoons. Yeah, Chad. That's yeah, right. Because that's what I was gonna say. I'll, you know, that'll lead me to my next question because. A little background in my history. I got connected to, to trauma, and I'm a lifelong fan. I was a fan of Toxic Crusader, and that's how I found out about trauma. But here's the other way I got connected to trauma: is your trips to Cannes, which were occasionally featured on shows like when I had three channels, I didn't have cable, so Entertainment Tonight would occasionally show Lloyd at Cannes, and that's been a long, like what, 30, 40 year it, tradition it, of you going to Cannes? Well, we we started in 1971. Oh, really? And we were allowed to sleep on the beach. It was a festival. It was a yeah. Real, we didn't have money. Before so. it was just a film market. No, before it was a festival. Now it's just bullshit about yes, perfume yeah. and uh, people's $200,000 dresses. And by the way, the the movie that won the Cannes uh, Palm d'Or, yeah. called Triangle of of uh, Tragedy, won the Palm d'Or. It's a fucking watch hashtag Shakespeare shitstorm filmed uh, before COVID. Tell me a guy didn't see that, our movie. Yeah. And our movie's better, God, it's better. You'll see the triangle of, of, of tragedy. It's, it, it's okay, uh, but it's, it's boring. Yeah. They're trying to be Cary Grant and uh, you know, have people vomiting and shitting, but it's not funny. And it's also long stretches of people trying to be uh, Cary Grant and they didn't make it. They're French, what, of course not. <laughs> so how, what made you want to go to Cannes and, and promote trauma there? And it was something to do. Well, we met a guy again. This is all 1971-ish. Right. Uh, Menachem Golan was a, yeah. a crooked. Uh, the uh, film uh, producers. So they they slickered us uh, to give him some rights at one point. So I went with them. They they uh, I don't know, somehow I went to Cannes and and uh, they were uh, making deals on napkins or something. And, they put up a poster of a film that didn't exist, and then people would, uh, they get French, German, Italian uh, to put up money for the rights, and then they'd make the movie. And they did this pyramid scheme up into the 80s? Yeah. Watch Electric Boogaloo. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's a very good uh, documentary. Anyway, it, uh, the total crooks, and uh, we actually, they suckered us into making a movie in Israel. So uh, <laughs> we made them. The worst film ever made, no joke. Horrible. A big Gus, what's the fuss? 
was a spin-off from Sugar Cookies. There was a, a fat, fat kid who has a, who's in love with his uncle in Sugar Cookies and ends up running down uh, Broadway in a negligee uh, with lipstick. Uh, 1971, very good movie. Lynn Lowry was discovered, Mary Warner was in it. A lot of Warhol people, uh, it's pretty good. But uh, Big Gus was the first garbage. And uh, Menachem, uh, anyway, enough about that. But that's what got us over the can, because that was their thing. So I made leaflets, and I put the leaflets on the car windows. And, uh, but, and eventually, when we started to have money, we uh, would rent a couple of apartments, and we'd take Toxy and Kabuki Man and show me the nuclear rodent and whoever was acting in our movies. James Gunn went with us once, and... Uh, a few others, and uh, we'd make a lot of noise and have uh, parades and street theater, and uh, it was famous. But the Cannes uh, Festival didn't like it because it was too festival. So a couple of years, they pretty much drove us out. I was going to say, because it kind of became... I, I, hold on, I don't mean to interrupt you. No, 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 go. But there's a documentary. If you want to see it, there's about 10 minutes of, uh, of uh, from, what is it, from festival to something... Anyway, it shows how Can is uh, really, they beat up uh, the guy playing Toxie. It was very bad. And, and Disney had all sorts of masks and costumes, so it had nothing to do with that. It was just they didn't want us there. We were, we were getting publicity without spending $500,000 for an MTV party, right? Where people, yeah. where all you get are the staff people. Well, and a prime example of this, and I highly recommend, if you have time, go to YouTube and just, just YouTube trauma at Cannes. There's a great example of that. There's a Jean-Claude Van Damme at his hobby. <laughs> was coming, like the press was there to meet him. He was going to get off a boat on the dock and answer questions. Well, trauma showed up, and the publicist, there's video of the publicist just going livid as, as Troma's sitting there trying to get the audience. And Jean-Claude Van Damme, in typical form, he comes up there and does what? He just waves at him, doesn't even get off the boat, and drives off. And the press is pissed. So what do they do? It now becomes a trauma press conference, and trauma is just sitting there taking questions and answering and talking about trauma and talking about how Kansas is awful. Highly recommend checking it out. It's a 10-minute clip on YouTube. Check out the balls on this guy up here. Can we give him a little round of applause? <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. That's for sure. There's a documentary called All the Love You Can, C-A-N-N-E-S, that documents 2001 when we were there and watching that you might get a hint of why we were not too popular with the big time uh, <laughs> festival or the uh, 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 elite <laughs> all right so we've talked for a few minutes and i want to make sure that our audience be has some time to ask some questions who's got a question Thank ready you. to go yes sir just stand up and scream it it's an honor Come on up, come closer, dude. Come closer. You don't look like a serial killer. Oh, wait, he is dressed as a serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, I've made a bad mistake here. <laughs> I just went to a cigar bar that was Fred uh, Dahmer's favorite, uh, owned by Al Capone in uh, somewhere. Where Chicago? Were no, uh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Oh, really? but, uh, yeah, it's a wonderful cigar bar. Very good, still going. Beautiful uh, interior by Al Capone. And he bought a lot of cigars. What's your question? My question is. Purposeful, the fact that you incorporated uh, all the, you know, like, the, kind of like the sex, the was that supposed to be like a hint to what trauma was going to become later on since you said it's 
gentleman is asking, uh, we combine, we're sort of a Cuisinart of genres. Is that what you're asking? Yes, and that was very stupid because people want horror. They want sex. They want sci-fi. They don't want it all mixed up. Uh, and, and then we throw in uh, satire and singing and dancing, which means, you know, we, we end up with a very, very loyal, uh, generous uh, uh, audience and uh, fan. Hashtag Shakespeare shitstorm, totally fan-fueled. Everybody on the crew was a fan. Uh, camera people were Hollywood people, you know, union guys who were helping us out. They knew us years ago. Pretty much everybody was uh, workforce before, so they wanted to make a trauma movie, and we obviously didn't pay much. So it's, you know, we're, we're able to make these crazy movies that don't make money, and thanks to you all, uh, we're still here after 50 years. So, uh, also, uh, Michael Hers is a genius. He does not show himself, but he really, uh, in some studio, if, if Warners had poached him, they wouldn't be in the shit they're in now. I guarantee you. And they have the remake of Toxic Avenger. That's, they're going to redistribute re the uh, reimagining $100 million Toxic Avenger. Warners has it. So, Thank you. Good question. Speaking of, speaking of Michael Burns, real quick, I, I, this is one of my questions because I had to ask. And I'm going to butcher his name, so correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the famous trauma players is Joe Fleischacker. 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 How did Michael feel when you were to him. He loved it. Really? Yeah, he wanted Joe to take his de Michael's desk. Michael was perfectly happy to work from home. <laughs> I, I put in Joe as a 500-pound guy. Michael Hurst hates to do publicity, and he hates the public. He likes the public. He's a very friendly, decent, lovely guy. But he, he does not want to do what I do. Uh, he's got an... E he doesn't have a... He's not a... What do you call it? A narcissist. Yeah. He's a real person. So he, he runs the company, and we used to co-direct, and he's terrific. He knows more about movies than certainly uh, I do, and uh, the New York Times does. So, so he just stays on his own there and runs the company, and, and uh, you know, if, if, if there's something he doesn't want me to do or to do, uh, he's my boss. He's the only one that I can really, you know, if he says something, I do it. So I gotta be honest with you, I was a complete idiot for years. I thought Joe was Michael, and uh, a friend of ours, uh, Glenn, at Good Movie Monday, if you want uh, another podcast we want to listen to, he said, Chad, you're an idiot. That's Joe. <laughs> That's Joe Fleischacker. I'm like, oh my God. Well, you're not alone. We, we had business meetings where with uh, uh, the real Michael and me, and the people would be looking at Michael like, what? You know, the whole meeting, they'd be, you could see they, how, how did he do it? How did he come down? from 500 pounds uh, they, you, so you were not alone in uh, no and Joe was a wonderful man I, uh, we did a memorial service for him in New York and uh, he was great it's a pity yeah, he was a really great actor if you want to see how he lived I watched a movie called The Whale by Darren Aronofsky uh, it's, it's exactly how Joe Fleischaker lived uh, when he was toward the most obese. What do you got to share? Do you have any kind of projects coming up real quick before we get back over to Lloyd? Um, well, thank you, I guess John. I thank you, sir. Talk about, um, you know, the fact that we are an indie film right. lovers, all of us, and we all support like the independent arts and everything. I don't think Lloyd will mind if I talk about the movie I just finished. No, right? no, there's a whole okay? purpose. You gotta get the, you have to, you got the whole purpose is for you and okay. I'll try to help you out. I'll try to help out my new friends. 
So I think it's kind of funny, actually, because I made two movies in one year right before the pandemic that were both about poop. So, yeah. So, I'm not going to do the shit job, so. <laughs> but how in the hell did that happen? Well, the first one was called Human Toilet, which was actually a collaborative effort. It was all female filmmakers. Oh, great. So that was about shit. Cool. About shit. Well, that movie in particular was about shit. And then I also made um, a movie called Holy Shit, Man. And it's a horror comedy, and it's absolutely disgusting. And it's about the devil's plumber. And it's pretty awesome, actually. All right. There we go. All right. So you don't get talk about fecaloid the movies with the, you know, the big celebrities, right? You don't get the Freddy talking about no fecaloid, huh? Only the fecaloid Kaufman can. What? I agree, I agree, but uh, you guys are visionaries, seriously. This movie, Hashtag Shakespeare's Shitstorm, 30 years from now, it'll be in the Museum of Modern Art because Tromeo and Juliet uh, played in the Museum of Modern Art. They did a Shakespeare week. I did not know that. And they only showed two Ro Romeo and Juliet movies plus our movie. They showed uh, Zeffirelli and uh, the Australian guy. The Bosnian. Uh, yeah, and, uh, uh, and our movie. And our movie was the only one full at the Museum of Modern Art. So. But it, it took them 35 years to, uh, to uh, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, no less. Right, Baz Luhrmann had like six people. But again, those are big movies, and they had plenty of theaters. Romeo and Juliet, nobody's seen it. So when the old people who subscribed to the Museum of Modern Art heard there was a movie full of sex and violence and lesbianism that had sort of a, an excuse to go because it's based on Romeo and Juliet, the place was so full of old people, unbelievable. In fact, the security, the, the security told me that they never turned back more people. Uh, they, they, they want to take. Uh, they were young people also, but you know, the museum subscribers are not, not yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah. also, so they're as perverted as anybody. What? version is boring anyway. Yes, it was terrible. He couldn't have read the book. The, uh, the actors knew, except for the priests, the actors knew nothing. Will Keenan and Jane Jensen, Jane Jensen and I were just at James Gunn's uh, wedding, by the way. Uh, she's terrific. She looks amazing. Uh, she and uh, Will Keenan, they and the R actors actually had studied Shakespeare. They knew what they were saying. Yeah. I don't think they knew that in the uh, Zeffirelli one, in my opinion, 1968. Uh, it's very good. It's a weeper, though. It's very exploitative. Uh, and uh, uh, other than you do, have you seen that one, Zeffirelli? John? I haven't seen it. So in 1968, uh, you have to see it again with your uh, why. Uh, because of body. It's like one second of Olivia Hussey's uh, breast. And uh, we in Yale University, it was all boys in those days. I was one of the very few heterosexuals. We know Olivia Hussey also from the uh, uh, miniseries It, from Stephen King's It from 1990 as well. But I want to get back over to what you've got coming up as well before we go back over to Lloyd for more questions. Hi. It's Jessa again. Um, I've done so many movies in the last year, well, two years. Um, my new resolution this year was to do a movie a month, and I surpassed that. I did a couple of movies a month, um, a few times. But you can just go to my website, jessadoesitall.com, and you can go to my IMDb there, and you can see like all the things that are in post-production. Because as we all know, with independent filmmaking, things take a long time, 
after the film to get actually put together and put on the market. But the next thing I'm filming in January is actually here in Lexington, and it's a film short called Juice the Le Legacy, and it's it's about um, I'm June Violet Beauregard is from Willy Wonka. I'm her daughter, and I come down with the affliction, and it's all about my struggle with that. <laughs> and uh, I do turn into a giant blueberry, so. It's pretty amazing, but yeah, definitely check out my website, jessadoesitall.com. You can find all of my socials, my IMDb, all of my Indiegogos that are going on, where you can actually buy the films up front. Oh, you definitely have to see Juice, the legacy. jessadoesitall.com and what's your website? Oh, yeah, it's Scarecrow, the Louisville Blood Queen. Those are two different types of websites. But I feel like I should subscribe to them both. I don't know about you, Lloyd. I do. Yes, I, I'm already in there. So what other what questions do we have? Come on. we got about 10, 15 minutes. What are the questions you got? Anything? Don't be sit there quiet. So let's, uh, let's uh, wrap it up unless yeah, you have questions. Oh, I've, got a I've got a big line waiting. Yeah. So, but take your time. No okay. problem. Well, no, no, no. I'm only 76 years old. One fucking day. 142 motherfuckers got their wife to give him money. Well, we just mentioned Joe Flashacker, but I also got to talk about the other eclectic group of sure. actors in your film. Robert sure. Pritchard, They're good Pat questions, by the way. So yeah, thank, th you. thank you. Robert Pritchard, Pat Ryan, Rick Collins, uh, former guest of the show, Debbie Rashad. Debbie's been on the show. She spoke really highly. Yeah, she, she, she spoke really highly. Oh, thank you. And she's the best. One of my best friends. So Debbie about, Rashad. She's how great. How about collecting such many, so many great actors? The one thing I'm good at, I'm not necessarily a, a talented artist, but I, I can, I know talent, I know intelligence, I know people who've read books like James Gunn. Yeah. His, his resume said nothing about reading books, but it did say that he was a performance artist on, uh, who vomited on stage. So I called him in, I interviewed him, he was a Columbia University graduate student, he had written a novel. Yeah. Hey, to be my assistant, I think that's pretty qualified. That's awesome. So, uh, but it wasn't that that got him on the trauma team. It's the, the fact that he had on his resume, he vomits on stage. <laughs> the point is, you've got to look, you know, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, I just got lucky. But I knew that film, I was the only one, Michael Hurst, my wife and I. They took it to us first, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, Cannibal the Musical. Right. We loved it, but we couldn't give them money. We didn't have any money. Right. So we told them, go to all the, 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 the big distributors. MTV, go to Comedy Central, go. None of them would get it because it had the word cannibal. Can you imagine after all these years the word cannibal? Well, I don't know why they didn't get it because it's too stupid. That's why they didn't get it. Uh, anyway, we, it came back to us and became a big success. And, and they put me in a couple in their movie, the next one, Orgasmo. And uh, they're great. They, they couldn't be nicer. And uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone uh, uh, get better and better. Cartoons are incredible. Just better and better and better. James Gunn, he's brilliant, he's brilliant. He wrote a, 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 a little poem that he had, uh, the star of a Galaxy, uh, Chris Pratt Reed. Uh, in the program, it said, Old Irish Poem. And James wrote it. it, nothing rhymed, of course, but it was hilarious. And Chris Pratt read it, he had rehearsed it. Yeah. So you really, you were ready for kind of a serious a wedding sentimental prayer, and it was hilarious. Do you remember the poem? It wasn't even a poem, it was just hilarious. I don't remember any of it. <laughs> it's another planet. Um, so, so the point is, I know I can recognize talent. No question about it. 
So I think we've been lucky in that regard. The one thing I don't do is, uh, is make uh, movies people want to see. I don't know. I mean, Small detail. <laughs> I mean, and I, mean, I mentioned some of the regular trauma players, but I mean, Oliver Stone, The Battle of Love's Return, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, I got him into movies. He was, he was uh, writing uh, a novel that was unreadable when he was at Yale, and then he quit. But he was a genuine war hero. We grew up together. Uh, second grade. We met in second grade. I never knew that. Uh, and parents were very tight with his parents. Uh, and uh, very tight. Is that all you have to say about it? Well, I don't think it's fair. No. Oh. Well, then you, got, you also you gave Vincent D'Onofrio uh, King's first movie ever in the first hurdle. Yep. But there's a downside because uh, Mr. Hurst uh, turned down Madonna, who said she would do anything to be in the movie. She made her own little camping costume, uh, a movie about summer camp called The First Turn On. Uh, it's very funny, and hers was the main director on that one. Oh, really? And you can see that he's good, it's funny, it's our funniest movie. But then he didn't want to do it anymore. Uh, uh, and um, uh, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio was there as a background. We call the extras back, uh, actor persons, because <laughs> we don't like this, I've been on some, you know, I'm in a lot of uh, cameos for uh, the guys who did Gamer and, uh, yeah, right. and Crank and, and James and Eli and a, a bunch of these guys. Uh, uh, so I've been on sets and I see that the, 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 they make extra special effort to show the background people that they're just uh, low class. You know, it's like the airplanes where you can see the people in the front of the plane, the stewardesses are basically uh, smiling and, and they love you. And, and then we in the back smile. They don't even, they don't, they just, you say thank you. They don't say you're welcome. They, they hate us. So it's a little bit of that. And uh, so we try to like have everybody equal because uh, in those days, Vincent D'Onofrio was, was, was an actor person. Yeah. And as far as we're concerned, he's still an actor person. Uh, but he would, every time he was on camera, he would do something crazy. Yes. And, uh, it, and so we, we developed a little character called uh, Lobotomy for him. And he was a camper in the summer camp. They're all about kids in the summer camp. All right. We got more questions tonight. I think, Chad, I'll give you one more and then we've got to wrap it up right there. Well, thank you again. Thank you all for sitting through this. You deserve combat pay. And speaking of combat pay, Toxie, have you seen Combat Shock? Combat Shock, by, if, you've ever, if you want to see a dark film, that is the very darkest film that has ever been made. And it's about PTSD. What is it? How do you call it? Oh, sorry, Toxie. You must see it. You must see it, Toxie. It's really good. It's a masterpiece. And Buddy's gone on to direct uh, uh, Washington. Uh, her, her. Oh, she's no good. Carrie uh, Washington. Uh, what's her name? Carrie. Yeah. Ka Ka uh, anyway, she's amazing in a movie he made called Hot Times in Cracktown. Brilliant. But again, a little too, a little too visionary for the uh, stupid elites, stupid uh, mainstream. His first film, Combat Shock, has now is being made into a novel. One of the publishers uh, bought it. Uh, it's on Blu-ray. There, um, something else big happened with it recently too. Anyway, check it out. It's getting. Uh, it, it took 15 years to break even, but if I'm not mistaken, the PTSD is uh, sort of in the world these days. Am I wrong? And uh, co uh, Combat Shock was done uh, in the uh, fullness of time uh, after Vietnam. It's terrific. Very, very dark. Very upsetting, but so truthful. Yeah, every time you talk about shell shock and PTSD, I think of that great George Carlin euphemism. 
George Carlin euphemisms on 10 minutes. Shell shock from PSD, PTSD. Chad, last question, oh, I, buddy. I kind of vaguely remember it. We'll have to, yeah, we'll go through it later. Yeah, um, but was this, this is for James, who's a big Marvel fan. I just got I mean, we have a third going here who just got yeah. stuck uh, in here at the end of it. We don't like him. Do <laughs> you want me to do it? It's Thomas. Say hi to him at the panel. Go ahead. So I know we have a, we also have quite a few comments. So Troma has a long history with Marvel and Stan Lee. There's a great interview again on YouTube where you can find Stan Lee like just complaining about the fact that Lloyd will not work with him on a certain project. <laughs> <laughs> I met Stan, uh, I discovered, among other th at the Yale, the only thing I, I learned about was movies and, and drugs and comic books. And comic books, the guy next door had these Marvel comic books. I wasn't allowed to read them as a child. I wasn't allowed to read comic books. And they're so beautiful. The, uh, and the way Stan would, would uh, use alliteration, you know, sexy Steve Ditko, or, uh, you know, he'd give his, his inkers make them famous, which I try to do with our uh, helpers and our Tromettes and our own actors. And uh, uh, nicest guy in the world, but, but the stuff I do is, would ruin his career. So <laughs> we worked on a couple of projects where we tried. We worked with Alain René, uh, uh, who, had a, who loved comic books. Do you yeah. know him, the French guy? Uh, 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 some of the years at Marion Bad and Alain René, R-E-S-N-A-I-S. He's dead, of course, but a wonderful <laughs> French filmmaker, really major guy. And uh, he hung out when we were shooting Battle of Love's Return, oh, wow. when uh, Oliver and I were nobody. And I'm still nobody, but I'm so. Oh. So, so the point is that uh, uh, it's uh, Stan Lee's been a major influence. The Tromi universe, it's copied from Marvel, of course. Yeah, I was, going, I was kind of curious, because you said you didn't grow up with comic books. So no, I like, but I, met, know, I, I searched Stan out after school. Yeah. Uh, I went to find him. He was in New York at the time. He wasn't really the famous Stan Lee. Uh, the company was called Magazine Management, and Stan was the, uh, the chief editor at the time. And uh, Jim Sallycrop, who edited the Toxic Avenger comic books, he had been there since he was 13 years old at Marvel. Yeah. And uh, he was now an editor, and he, he and Stan pushed them to make uh, Toxic Avenger comic books. Yeah. So I guess, was it that late? Uh, introduction to comics that really made you want to go and do movies like Toxic Avenger, Sergeant Kabuki Man, and Black I think the, certainly the Marvel Universe, without a doubt. I mean, if you look at the Toxic Avenger, this Spider-Man, in fact, Stan Lee did a interview to one of my books, no, a forward to one of my books where he says, in the same way that Spider-Man changed the face of movie superheroes, uh, Toxic changed the face of uh, cinema. Uh, movie superhuman. We can't say superheroes because uh, Marvel and Warner Brothers own superhero. So when Toxie was on their comic books, he was a superhero. But when we put out our own, when Marvel went bust, and we put our own Marvel, our own comic books out, calling Toxie a superhero, we got lawyers' letter from Marvel. <laughs> so all we can say now is superhero. And, uh, uh, and of course. Uh, as stupid as they were, they uh, tried to get rid of James Gunn and his fans and DC Comics came to the rescue. So they had a lot of stupid people all over the world. Not Stan Lee, he was great. We were really good friends. He loved, he loved my wife, no joke. And his wife was wonderful. He was great. Uh, his wife uh, wrote novels and uh, made a wicked uh, Marvel martini. Really good. <laughs> I thought you were going to say make a wicked lasagna, and I was like, can we have the recipe? Oh, <laughs> 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 and, uh, anyway, she was lovely, Joan.
Let's give it up for the man and the Jessa. Yes, Athena and Casper. Casper is not here. And the Holy Taylor. Taylor Christian who made it made it all possible. Tromondale, Lloyd is going to be at his table with the Tromondale all weekend long. Stop by, buy some stuff, get some stories, do some signatures, have a good time. This has been Bonehead Live. Come on. And we have free stickers up here. Uh-huh.